The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. 235 on this Friday afternoon. It has become a Remembrance Week tradition in our city, born from a childhood memory and brought to life in 2011. The No Stone Left Alone ceremony will take place on Monday in Edmonton's Beachmount Cemetery and in many other cities right across the country. Uh, joining us now is the Foundation's uh, Randall Purvis. Hey, Randall. Good afternoon. Tell us about how this uh, got launched back in 2011. It was your wife Maureen uh, who was involved, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was her uh, her mother who said to her as her mother was passing away. Uh, her mother passed uh, tragically when she was young. Uh, Maureen was 12. She said, "Don't forget me on Armistice Day." So my my wife Maureen would go to the cemetery every November 11th and place a poppy on her mother's headstone at Beachmont Cemetery. And then one of our children said about 15 years later, um, why don't all the other soldiers have a poppy on their headstones? Hmm. And we, uh, we ran it by Veterans Affairs in Ottawa, the Minister of Education in Edmonton, Brigadier General Trevor Cadu, and everybody thought it was a relatively good idea. So on November the 10th, 2011, we did our first ceremony there and honored uh, just over 4,000 soldiers with some students. Uh, from Nellie McClung School in Edmonton, and so began No Stone Left Alone. So, Randall, give the folks listening uh, an idea of how it works. What does the day look like, and and how are the kids involved in this? How are the children, which is really a huge and important uh, aspect of this program? Yeah, thanks, Jaylen. That's that's exactly right. It is the heart of the initiative. So um, we have school teachers, school leaders, school principals, in Edmonton alone, we have uh, schools from all represented all over the city in Catholic and public schools and Jewish community as well. And they they commit to coming out on November the fifth this year. They uh, they have a students uh, selected. Uh, they come to the cemeteries. There's 24 of them in and around Edmonton. They come around 10:15 on buses all over the city. They get they come to the buses and they go to the cenotaph. And we have a formal ceremony, uh, a remembrance ceremony, and in many cases in Edmonton. Thank you, City of Edmonton. We lower the flag. We have two minutes of silence. And then each uh, soldier is honored by, with a poppy and a student. And we ask the student to go to the headstone, take a moment, reflect, possibly say thank you, repeat the name of the soldier, just have a moment of reflection and place a poppy either at the base of the headstone or on top of it, depending on the day. And, and, and Jaylen, the second part of this is we ask our children all over Canada, this year almost 9,000, to write a reflection letter. And it's the reflection letters of the students all over Canada that tell us this moment um, has impact on them. It changes the way they view sometimes how they view Canada, the freedoms we have in Canada, and their own family members. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. Who do you think benefits the most from this, mm-hmm. the family of veterans or the children? Well, that's great. You know, when we, we really were focused on the children, but we've had so many soldiers and soldiers' families, uh, friends of families that said, you know, I'm so honored that someone not from my family took the time to honor my son and uncle, father, grandfather. That's really important. But really still, the heart of the initiative in, is the students. And if you think of that, uh, the, the, the wars and the, the news all the time is is overwhelming. I believe, and I've said this many times lately. I believe re- remembrance is on a 
It's on a resurgence. And all across mm-hmm. Canada, I think mm-hmm. there's many initiatives all across Canada that, that we all are a little more thankful and a little more respectful about the freedoms and the gifts we have in Canada. And we're just part of it. Uh, it's the students that take that moment and reflect on it. And really, we hope, we can't say this for sure, but we hope that they have a different viewpoint of how lucky we are in Canada. Randall, do the students who are involved with the program, do they get almost assigned um, a soldier prior? Do they do any research on the history of that soldier where they're laying the, the poppy on the headstone? Yes, and you know, that again, it's a great question. All over, each, each teacher in each school has a different uh, passion for the initiatives. And many students and many teachers lead regimental searches. They go to the cemetery early and they find out what the PPCLI does or their Lord Strathcona's horse, and they, they find out where, what was happening to that particular soldier in that time or that regiment. You know, and as we approach the 100th anniversary of the armistice, there's, there's lots, of, lots of the past coming to, 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 uh, to the front right mm-hmm. now on how incredibly uh, uh, important the Canadian Armed Forces' role was, uh, was in the end of the uh, First World War. That, in fact, they call it, as you know, Jay Lynn, Canada's 100 days. Mm-hmm. Randall, uh, we had a question yesterday from a listener, and um, I, I thought I'd ask it to you today. Someone wanted to know if every headstone or every veteran in Beechmount or any of the cemeteries would get a poppy, or is it just the ones with military headstones? Like, I, I'm guessing it's the ones only with military headstones because that's how you know that they were military. Is that right or wrong? It's not. Our, our basic initiative was uh, and was every field of honor in Canada, and that no stone left alone. You know, our mission is to ensure that no stone is left alone. But it, we do two things. We have requests from all over Canada that my aunt or my uncle or my father or my brother is mar- is buried in the family plot okay. on the northeast section of the <laughs> cemetery. Will he get a poppy? Mm-hmm. And every request, where possible, we will honor that. Nice. And then secondly, we always put a wreath in every cemetery to, to say that the ones that are not in the fields of honor, we want them to be represent and represented and thanked and honored by placing a wreath in every cemetery across Canada and in Poland. Nice. Well, you mentioned Poland. Uh, I recall that conversation last year. Are you looking at other international locations this year? Well, you know what? It's very... We, we did a great test case. We had some great help from Thomas Lukasik and his, his wonderful affiliation with Poland. And... We learned a lot by going to Poland, and what we wanted to make sure we do is whenever we go anywhere in the world, we want to have a network of people that are committed, and we don't want to do this just one one shot, go into a community in, in France or in Belgium and, and do it once and then forget it. So we have a very sincere legacy uh, commitment from the school in, in Krakow, Poland. But we, uh, while we did that, we recognized that we want to really make sure that our, our, our team and our, our supporters all over the world Focus on Canada first, and once we really feel that we've honoured Canada, we have lots of requests across the, uh, the Commonwealth. We want to make sure that Canada's our focus, and each community that comes up and, and is as uh, successful as Krakow, we will certainly entertain it. Randall, I have to ask, has this thing gotten bigger than you anticipated mm-hmm. it would? Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> if 12-hour days for my wife and, my, and the team around us uh, for... 12 weeks straight is, is it. Yeah, it's really great. And, you know, it's, it's all organic. We don't have a big budget. We're very lean. You know, we have 11,000 or so or more volunteers, and we have very few employees. So we're very, it's, it's an organic 
growth that comes through the school system, through the military system, through communities across Canada. It is, it's much larger than we ever anticipated it could be. Can anyone show up to that ceremony on, on Monday, Randall? Absolutely. Uh, there's, there's, as I said earlier, there's 24 in and around Edmonton, so if there's a cemetery near where you are, uh, 10-15, uh, go go to the cemetery, and we really welcome a lot a lot of participants in Beachmount. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And do, do people bring their own poppies if they're doing that, or where do you get all the poppies? From uh, almost all of them come from the Poppy Fund in Edmonton. We've had a great relationship uh, with the Poppy Fund in Edmonton, and I just want to give a little bit of a mm-hmm. uh, thank you to Gwen Beasley. Uh, she passed away this year. She was our founding. Uh, uh, leader of the Poppy Fund here, and she's been a wonderful supporter. And we're actually dedicating the show to Gwen Beasley this year at, at Beachmount and another volunteer, Jim Fraser, that was another volunteer that helped us this year. Uh, both of them have since passed away, sadly. Hmm. So we talk about uh, how this was uh, an idea that, you know, started with uh, Maureen's mom and, you know, through the years it's it's uh, it, it came to fruition in 2011. Looking back at this now, going into what number, seven, eight years, uh, Randall, and how it's grown, what does it mean to your family? What does it mean to the Purvis family um, when 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 you're standing there during that during that ceremony on on Monday, looking at what's what's happened? Well, it means a lot. You know, I, I think there's several things. Our our family, right? I have pictures of our youngest grandson, uh, who's oh no, our second young. The, he's now eight. So I have pictures of him at a ba- as a baby out there, and they're involved in it. They've spoken at the event. It's it's a core value of our whole family. But on the on the grander scheme, I actually think the best and most important part of this is we're honoring, uh, excuse me, a promise to Maureen's mother. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we are not forgetting her on Remembrance Day, on Armistice Day. I think that's the core issue that we we feel as a family we're we're attaining. You know, I really like something you said uh, earlier, because I remember as a child uh, in Winnipeg uh, in elementary school that we would uh, take a moment and be silent for an assembly. Mm. And I probably went through maybe three of those before I asked my mom why. why. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother, a war bride, explained it to me. And that was when I first learned that my father had served in the Second World War as a major. And it's really important to connect the you know the the either the remembrance or the celebration um with fact yeah i agree i agree and you know one of the one of the most wonderful things that i've learned and and many of you who are are related to people who have served is the commitment of our canadian armed forces and the level of expertise and the sincere view that they have of serving our great country it really is inspiring it it gives me confidence in our future that uh, the Canadian Armed Forces, the men and women, um, ha- have the uh, core values that really will mean a lot to the next generation. Well, if you want to find out more information, the website is nostoneleftalone.ca. On Remembrance Day, starting at 8.30, right here on 6.30, Ched, you can listen to a national radio special on No Stone Left Alone, followed by more Remembrance Day programming. Randall, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. Take care, Randall. Take care. That's Randall, Purvi- Randall Purvis from No Stone Left Alone.
and I. Andrew Gross. It's uh, Friday, and we tend to try and lighten it up, have a little yes. fun on Friday. And one of the segments that people seem to really enjoy is uh, people behaving badly on airplanes. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you don't have this one, so let me explain it to both you and our listeners, because it just came across my desk mm. as we were going to air. Uh, there was a pilot 50 minutes before a flight from London to Japan, so an international flight. Mm. It was about to depart uh, Heathrow um, when they discovered that the uh, pilot was 10 times over the alcohol limit. 10 times. Uh, apparently a driver of a crew bus. So you know that van that pulls up with the crew? Yes. He noticed it. He smelled alcohol on the pilot's breath. Uh, he reported it. The pilot was taken aside and tested and then arrested at Heathrow Airport after failing the alcohol test. Wow. Uh, Japan Airlines is the airline. It issued an apology saying that safety was their <sighs> utmost priority and pledged to implement immediate action to prevent <laughs> any further occurrence. What's the immediate action to prevent somebody from drinking when they're not well i think it's um I, I think at the end of it all it's making sure they don't get into the cockpit so they might I have guess. to uh, do a breathalyzer you start, start going doing in. tests yeah, yeah. well everybody before makes, they put the key yeah. in the ignition yeah the little the blow box now. exactly at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> is there i've always wanted to know is there a key to an airplane like do you need to I don't, there can't I, be. I, I suspect it's just a button yeah because it, they, they, you'd oh, be losing buttons. the keys all the time it's just buttons. It's just switches and buttons and stuff like that from any, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's just all buttons and swishes. Swishes? Swishes? Switches. Yeah, like there's no remote uh, starter and... <laughs> going to warm that baby up. <laughs> yeah, let's warm that. <laughs> <laughs> so how about this? This one strikes a little close to home, also on uh, along the lines of travel, but not an airline. So, and you know, by the way, Kevin Nealon had a very funny uh, bit, which I won't attempt to do. Um... But it was something about taking risks in life. Like, you know, he's at that age where he wants to take risks mm. in life. Uh, and then he sort of throws away this line, but it's very funny. Kevin Nealon has a lot of funny throwaways, which are subtle lines that if you're not listening, you don't notice, right? But he says, uh, you know, I want to take more risks in life. You know, like that, you know, not fly United or <laughs> book a Carnival Cruise type risks, but maybe wear brighter colors, like that kind of thing. Well, Carnival Cruise in the news again. On again. A yeah, you know, on a ship that... We actually sailed from New Orleans on a few years ago. It's, it's the Sunshine. It's their oldest ship in the fleet. It is. Uh, some of you who do take cruises all the time might remember it uh, better as the Carnival Destiny, which was its original name in 1996. Yeah. But then they revamped it yeah. and they put in the water slides and all that kind of stuff and added balconies. So uh, Carnival Cruise Line says a fin stabilizer is to blame for what happened on board just the other day. In fact, the ship is still on the cruise. It hasn't returned yet to port. <laughs> Um, apparently, it started to list, or lean, in other words, dramatically. And uh, at first, I guess things were starting to slide off tables, and then tables and chairs themselves started to slide. Just yeah. shimmy into the one way. And, you know, if you've been on a ship before yep. of any size, you know, it does that sometimes a little bit, but mm -hmm. it doesn't just constantly continue to tip until everything's sliding. Um, but apparently, that was the case. And then pictures, as they will, started appearing on social media of people walking around the ship with life jackets because apparently even after they righted the ship, people they were, were worried. Yeah. And a number of passengers, apparently, when the ship made it to its first port, which was in the Dominican, flew home. Like, they're like, yeah, not okay. doing it. And I'm just going to kind of say something here because, I mean, Carnival, we know, tends to be, it's a fun ship. It's a great yeah. ship for family. But it's also, um, it's less expensive sometimes it is, than yeah. the most. Yep. 
But you're you're flying back from the Dominican. Oh, I know. You're taking one-way trips back from the Dominican from your whole for your for your whole family. Listen, I've said this before. Step it up a notch. People have criticized, but it's Friday and we're having fun, so don't do it. Um, I'm waiting for that. I, I am waiting for that event that doesn't kill me, that gets me a free cruise. Like, I would love to have been on this ship when it listed and everything, because you know you're getting something out of it, you know, more than just apple pie for dessert on an off night. Like, you're probably getting a free cruise or something. I think we all could use fin stabilizers. I, I know this show could. <laughs> Uh, Listen to this. On Sunday evening, Carnival uh, issued this statement. Uh, We have experienced a technical issue which caused the ship to list. There was never an issue with the safe operation of our vessel, and our officers intervened to correct the situation quickly. Um, They went on to say, Carnival Sunshine uh, proceeded on its Caribbean cruise as scheduled. We're sorry for the disruption. The ship remains fully operational and will sail as scheduled. It's expected to come back into port tomorrow. tomorrow. Or no, today, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, today. We did one of our last cruise was on Carnival, and it was the ship that um, was, like, stranded at sea for days, and to the point where, like, all the bathrooms weren't working, and, like, it was, people were having to do their business on the decks, and there's no, there's... That was the ship where that happened, but you weren't on that particular cruise. I wasn't on that ship, but but there was still... You could smell it. Every once in a while, like, it was, no matter how much you clean it, there was still a little (laughs) bit of a... A funk. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? Is that the Mississippi or is that the... Uh, I know. I know what you mean. You just... It, there's a sudden waft and you're like, like well, uh, was that... Jim? You? <laughs> <laughs> the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.